0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hey gang, want to win tickets to one of the big games in London this autumn? Well, your wish is our command. We have teamed up with DraftKings and set up a brand new Nakum Show Listener League where you can go head to head Every week with all your faves from the show and plenty of your fellow show listeners. Lots of prizes on offer throughout the season, including the chance to win tickets to Broncos, Jags later on this year. You've got to be in it to win it. So head on over to dkng.co forward slash Nat show. dkng.co forward slash Nat show or Hit the link in the show bio, the show episode notes, or head on over to Twitter at the NC show, check the pinned tweet, click the link there and it'll take you to the Nat Coombs Show Listener League. Get involved. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. 18 plus. Only be gamble Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs show. FFS is back. Our brand new... What is it? Are we going brand new now? Not a new fantasy show. FFS with the great James Sandrini getting you set all season long for fantasy battles of all shapes and sizes. And incidentally, if you don't play fantasy doesn't matter because there's plenty of good football chat to boot. So on this week's show, we're going to break down how Daily Fantasy works because of our show Listener League. Lots of you asking about that. Sandrini will give you his top five tips and steers for Daily Fantasy success. We'll look at some key injuries going into week one. We're going to pick our show team. uh, First show team of the season uh, in our Listener League. Sandrini's uh, taken the lead on that. And as a result, we'll be looking at key matchups within so there's a lot of good stuff coming your way special guest to what is not to love let's get straight down to business (music) ladies and gents football is back fantasy football is back which can mean only one thing literally only one thing the guru is back james sandrini in the house fresh from a tibetan temple where he's been contemplating his week one picks and getting us set for week one of fantasy. How are you feeling? Are you confident? Are you in the zone?
0: I think this is the last time in the season you can feel confident, so I'm going to embrace that. And, and look, it's game day. We've been waiting a long time for this, so uh, ready to go. You know, Propo and
1: I, we like we like a flutter as uh, listeners to Edge Rush were well known. Shout out to Edge Rush crew. We're going to drop in that uh, at the weekend. Getting you set for week one. We were we were kicking around from a from a gambling perspective, from an edge perspective. What's the harder week to pick? Week one. Well, week 17 or week 18 as it is now, right? So the last week of the season when who the hell knows who's playing in half the games, number of players, have, I'm not suggesting anybody has given up the ghost, but if they're not in playoff contention, maybe they'll take the foot off the gas a little bit. If they are, they might only be playing a couple of quarters. It is a minefield to, to navigate. Week one, uh, we know a huge amount about what's going on. What about you from a fantasy perspective? What's the, the hardest week to pick, would you say? Is it the first week?
0: I love week one because I think that's the opportunity to uh, consider all of the information that's been gained off the, over the offseason, look at preseason and be able to pick out players that maybe aren't on the general radar yet and mm. take advantage of those inefficiencies. Uh, week 18, as it is now, is a minefield. I don't think anyone knows what to go with, with on that side.
1: Week 18 reminds me of my friend Tim, who uh, I've known for, God, 30 years. We have a regular poker game where a bunch of us who've mentioned since we were kids play Tim is one of those players that goes in on every hand. She <laughs> have no idea what he's got. A dreamer. And, I mean, every single hand he'll go in, <laughs> which I, we always joke, we should get into the World Series of Poker, because I reckon I reckon Johnny Chan and the crew are just going to be phased by, by that. Like, what does he think? What is
0: this guy thinking? I got no idea. Can we get the guy in the fantasy league? That's the real question.
1: I'll get him. He knows nothing about football, so we will, and I guarantee he'll, he'll, he'll <laughs> do better. He'll do better than me. Exactly right. Speaking <laughs> of the fantasy league, the listener show league is booming on DraftKings, loving that. So this is an Atkum show listener league, a daily fantasy so you can pick a new team every week. Every week we've got different competitions that we're running, so lots of different prizes. To win courtesy of our friends at DraftKings who are, for example, giving away hospitality tickets to the Broncos Jags at Wembley. That's the week four contest. This week, first round, there are two contests rolling. One's a free to play special, so nothing to enter. There's $100 up for grabs there. There's a $1 special uh, and that's $200 in, uh, in in prize money up for grabs. Uh, all kinds of merch we're going to be dropping through the season. So our week two contest next week is going to be a shirt of your choice for the winner of, uh, of the Listener League that week. So be in it to win. it. If you check the, the notes for the show, uh, the show at explainer, wherever you're listening to this, there'll be a hyperlink there to, to the show. Also over on our social channels, it's the pin tweet at the NC show. Uh, we've pushed the videos and stuff out on Facebook, Insta, still no TikTok. Uh, get involved with that. The Nat Coombe show, get involved. Loads of you have already. It's great to see. We're going to be putting a team in. We should probably explain that as well, James, that the teams that we're entering on today's show, James is going to give you top five tips for daily fantasy because a lot of you out there probably haven't ever played it you know a bit about fantasy a lot about fantasy maybe but have maybe never ventured into daily fantasy so sandrini's top five tips for dfs success we're going to talk about that he's going to pick a team so every week james is going to pick the nc show team and we're going to enter that into the draft kings world and any money that we manage to make on the back of sandrini's wisdom we're donating to charity. So we're also going to put the same team in our listener show league. So you can essentially prove how much more, you know, than Sandrini. and definitely me. Uh, and Dutz is dropping by as well. We should give a shout out to Neil Dutz, Neil long longtime friend of the crew. Many of you listen to our talk sport coverage. We're back Sunday, until at five o'clock live on that. Me, Ben Isaacs propo. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that. Dutz is a regular on that. He's a fantasy whiz and he's going to be dropping his pearls of wisdom, his capsules into FFS each week. That's his sleeper picks every week right here on FFS. We're delighted to have him as part of the all pro lineup. So without further ado, let's get down to your top five tips for DFS. First things first, James, what are the main differences would you say? So for those who are listening that have heard us talk about DFS, Daily Fantasy, but have no idea other than me saying you can win prizes and you can pick a new team every week. What are the main differences between daily and and redraft and the other iterations of fantasy?
0: I'm going to use one player to summarize the difference, and that's Tyler Lockett. Right. (laughs) So everyone who's ever drafted Tyler Lockett on a redraft team or a dynasty team hates Tyler Lockett because you get some weeks where he has three scores, 150 yards, and then you get weeks where he does nothing and he's invisible in the game. And in a redraft format, he can lose you a game and win you a game, but overall you want to do better than 500. You want to win more than you lose. But he's perfect for DFS and he's perfect for best ball if you're playing that format. So what you get there is volatility, and that's what this game is all about. Can you embrace week-to-week volatility a player who's going to have a one-off, hyper-special occasion? Mm. And and you don't really care what happens the week later, whereas traditionally, if you've played redraft, that's what kills you. Uh, Makes sense. Great example. One thing
1: I'll say, having met and interviewed Tyler Lockett how can anyone hate Tyler Lockett? He is one of the the stand-up guys in the league. Love Tyler Lockett, but I take your point. If I drafted him, which I probably will, um, <laughs> I will probably have... Is he in my team in our dinner-stealing? I don't I even know <laughs> who is in my team. I probably need to check that. Right, okay. So that is a great example. So new teams every week. Uh, and of course, you have, uh, in terms of picking them, you've got a cash cap. That's the other key, right? So you can't just go out and get all the great shakes uh, without any control. You've got to use and spread your money wisely, but I don't want to tip your hand because that might well be something you've got in your top five tips. So let's get down to it. Those of you getting ready to play Daily Fantasy, those of you already think you're seasoned vets, listen up, Sandrini's top five Daily
0: Fantasy tips. Nat, you're the king of the segue, seasoned vet yourself. Yeah, let's start with pricing. So every player is, each week is provided a value that you have to work within to have a $50,000 salary cap. That's the best place to start, is to look at those values and try and find inefficiency. So a good one for week one, a good example. Alexander Matheson is $6,200. Saquon Barkley is $6,100. Barkley's going to start. Matheson isn't. We don't think the Giants offense is going to be great week one, but Barkley has a far greater opportunity to surpass his value than Matheson. So you start there and you look at players that you think are undervalued. You made another good point about the superstar, you know, and you do want to build around that. So, you know, Jamar Chase in, what, week 17 of last year, we went off of 266 yards, three scores. Those kind of weeks will propel you in head-to-head or tournament formats towards the top. So you're trying to look out for these extra special performances. So players who are capable of that, but also systems that provide those opportunities. Mm. The Bengals last year were one of those, particularly towards the end of the season. You get extra points, bonus points. If someone goes over, if a quarterback throws for more than 300 yards, if a receiver or rusher goes over 100 yards. So you're looking for those bonuses that stack on top as well. Okay. And and prices
1: prices fluctuate as well, right? Week to week, depending on
0: performance. Week to week. Yeah, yeah. but once they're set, they don't change. So for example, when DraftKings sets it, if injury news dictates that something shifts there, mm-hmm. they're not going to reflect that. They're going to stick with those prices. So mm-hmm. sometimes the later you draft, the more advantage there is to understand mm-hmm. what's happening with injuries. That's smart. Okay, all right. Next up. Next one is just to look at the over-under of the game. What you don't want is to have a series of players who participate in low-scoring uh, outings where maybe we're looking at a defensive battle at a you 17-12 know, scoreline, something like that. We want high-scoring games with lots of opportunity. So either bad defenses, uh, fast play rates, teams like the Bucs, the Cowboys. We've talked about them previously where they just take an extra 10 snaps a game than someone like Seattle probably is going to. So just looking at those games, uh, you know, look at the Vegas odds. Teams like Tampa Bay are going to have high over-unders mm-hmm. every week because of the power of their offense. Try and find players who fit in those systems. Okay, uh, next up. So fourth on the list is... Be wary of players who are going to have high ownership. This is a tournament format. So, that we're, how we're playing is there's obviously a number of different people in this league, and you want a unique lineup. So, week mm. one, Jonathan Taylor is the most expensive player. Probably for good reason. He goes against Houston. Is a very good chance he goes over 100 yards against that rushing defense. They're still going to be predicated on the run going into the season. But chances are, 21% of people, 25% of people are going to pick JT. So mm. you can pick him, and if he has a great week, fantastic. But you almost negate the value of that because everyone else is gaining right. from from him being successful. So you want to don't you don't need to go too wild with unique lineups, but you need to find some sort of edge that differentiates your team from another.
1: Where are you on? Uh, I guess it will differ from week to week based on what you said, but typically are you the kind of player because you've got such strength and depth of knowledge that goes stacking up big names, spending a lot of the cash and then finding value in in the deep waters of scrabbling around to make the team fit the salary cap? Or do you tend to be a bit more balanced and conservative with how you spend your money?
0: I think you want to be balanced, but if we look back, I had a quick look at uh, week one from last year. Let's look at the running backs who came in the top five, Mm. McCaffrey, Mixon, Swift, Chubb and Jamal Williams. And usually that's how it shakes out three or four superstars and a couple of players that you wouldn't have assumed would have made that. And that tends to be the case most weeks. So you do want those stars in your lineup, but you Mm. want to pick that one or two extra player who's going to surface in a way that we might not see them do regularly. Love that. Okay. So how many have we done? Four? Four of the five? Four, four down. One to go. The last one, I think. My it mass is-, is strong, which <laughs> makes me think I'm going to smash Daily Fantasy. Right. Number five. That's it. Number five. Just keep close to it. Look at the injury reports. Mm. Um, the DraftKings League that we're in doesn't include the Thursday game this week. So right. no Alan Robinson, no um, Stefan Diggs players that otherwise might have been quite attractive. So mm. understand what what's available to you in terms of the slate. And look at those injuries or indeed suspensions, you know, guys like Hopkins earlier in the season who are going to miss out, but they're still on DraftKings. So if you're not careful, you could pick a player who doesn't produce anything for you.
1: Oh, amazing. Yeah. Somebody thinking they've got an absolute steal of a value with Hopkins uh, and then the penny drops. Surely no one out there is. Thinking. <laughs> I would love to find out. I bet there are, right? I bet there I'm are people sure there are. To sure Hopkins are. In, their, in their first week. Uh, well, speaking of injuries, nice uh, and segues as well, if you want to telegraph back to that. Nice segue into key injuries in week one. Now, as you pointed out, uh, well, maybe you haven't pointed out, but we're recording this ahead of Thursday Night Football. That doesn't matter for, for fantasy and um, so we'll skip that game. But in terms of without a list as long as my arm of all the players that are definitely out or looking doubtful, just pick out some key injuries that our listeners, whether fantasy players or not, should be aware of going into week one.
0: I think we have to start by saying that this offseason's had a remarkably low threshold for injury. So we, So last season... Akers, Dobbins, you know, superstars were going out in the preseason with ACL injuries. We haven't had that to the same degree. Yes, Why? players have is been that, lost. Is
1: that a COVID? Was it a COVID knock on the year before in preparation and the impact of that?
0: Or it certainly could be. I think teams are becoming smarter. You'll be seeing less contact in, um, in, in training camp in preseason. Teams are playing their starters less than yeah. they've ever done, and they're so they obviously. Less, yeah yeah if you're if you're paying someone you know huge guaranteed numbers then you want to maximize their value so i think it's it's that risk averse mindset is is taking priority but what you're seeing and anyone who's seen hard knocks can mm. uh, follow this trend where coaches are trying to rebel against that and make sure that players are ready for week one. And, and the danger, Surely I guess, not is, the Lions rebelling Surely not. <laughs> um, the danger is, potentially, is that we go into week one, obviously, you know, full contact, uh, high energy, and we might lose players because then their bodies aren't 100% healthy. But I think mm. teams in general have been have been careful with that. And So we've got a lot of players who are questionable, maybe more than out in this scenario. Okay. Anyone that we should... I mean, for example, Jalen Waddle, I'm worried about because he's barely affected yeah. pre Is
1: he going to start week one, do we think?
0: We've hardly seen him. It's a quadricep injury. I'm not a doctor, but those tend to linger into the season. Just to be clear for doctor everyone, Just to be clear, doctor.
1: Doc- um, <laughs> doctor. Sandrini has a certain ring to it, though. <laughs> it I think we might call you the fantasy doctor. Maybe the guru. Yeah, oh, I might work on that. We should, we should change everyone. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> we, should, um, we should get suggestions from listeners on that at the NC show. Yeah. Sorry. So Waddle, yeah, he's been... I,
0: uh, I'm once. worried. I'm worried. I mean, it, you know, quadricep is obviously where a lot of power comes from. For anyone, he's, he's a speed player you know we know that from last season is he going to be 100% probably not because he hasn't played in preseason and you think that's part of the conditioning process for someone so does he become it does he become a decoy I think he starts but does he become more of a decoy or is he actually closer than we think but he's operating 70% obviously the Tyreek Hill has come into that offense he would have been considered to be to have the largest target share anyway is this just a week where they look at him more or indeed the running game
1: Yeah. Or does that up the ante, if you're talking about fringe players that might give you the edge, someone like Cedric Wilson, right? If you think you're looking at a situation where uh, a receiver that's typically going to get a lot more looks when they're 100% fit isn't, then is that when you start to to bring some of your points together, start to look at that depth chart and think, all right, well, the number three, number four guy might see, or Kosicki might see a bit more action as a
0: result. There is hope for you yet, Nat Coombs. Yeah, uh-uh. 100%. Cedric Wilson's a really good pick, I think, in terms of DFS, if you're looking for someone who's off the radar. They paid good money for him. He's uh, my he proved- listeners.
1: I've, I've claimed the <laughs>
0: <laughs> He was really effective down the stretch for Dallas when they were running out of weapons towards the end of last season. So, yeah, I think he's he's a good opportunity. The question in that game against New England, New England uh, the last few seasons has been something of a run-funnel defense. That's been allowing you know more yards on the ground than the many other teams in the league, and really forcing opponents to run. Particularly with McDaniel's coming in, do they just go run heavier? We, we heard McDaniel say in the preseason that he wants to go uh, to have thirty uh, rushes per game. You know, are we going to see that week one? Maybe the pass isn't isn't their priority. Yeah. Okay. Any other injuries to keep an eye on? Yeah, I think Zach Ertz is another that we we haven't really seen. Uh, he's got a calf injury. He's questionable. That's a team that we mentioned, Nutt Hopkins, who's. Suspended. Um, Antoine Wesley isn't going to go. He's out. So, this team is Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Mm. and AJ Green. And AJ Green is, uh, you know, venturing into dust territory at the end of his career. I don't know how much more he's got to give. They have Trey McBride behind Ertz. That's an interesting one to look at. Okay. Obviously, got a bit of a fantasy head on when I say this because, Mm. you know, Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown are two very small, very lightweight receivers. So, when they get into the red zone, if Ertz doesn't go, does that mean McBride, for example, could have a big day week one?
1: Okay, that's uh, that is interesting. They are there are an interesting team all around the cards. I mean, we we're getting into this on our week one preview show with Ben Isaacs, That's in the vault. Go check that out. We route through a bunch of games, but also get, tipped our hand a little bit in terms of teams that we think might surprise, buck the 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 trend, the the typical narrative. Some of the core narratives being the Bills are going to win it all. Uh, Philly seemed to be very much a hipster pick. I quite like as my left field inside rail surprise a pick I quite like Washington I think that defense might stop balling I in Jack del Rio I trust frankly uh and I think they could they could surprise a few people and similarly Arizona who everyone seems to be wholly down on um for all kinds of reasons I wonder if they might be one of those sucker punch teams all right so as I mentioned at the top every week we're going to pick an NC show team when to say we the Guru Sandrini is going to pick an NC show team. I know Propo is going to try and muscle in as well. And hey, we're going to pick our own teams independently of this as well and have, have a bit of fun with that. So uh, we'll see how I get on. And Propo gets on. Ben's uh, just messaged me earlier. On. He's in the NC show league as well. So quite a lot of your, your show faves are getting involved. Uh, but we're going to lean with the Guru, of course, for our official uh, first top tier, first stringers uh, in terms of our team. So you have picked one week one. Take us through your rationale. Take us through from quarterback down who has
0: made the cut. My hope is that everyone listens to this before the weekend's games because I'm going to sound a lot smarter, I think, before everything happens <laughs> than afterwards. But yeah, let's see how we go. We're going to start with quarterback. Uh, this is a single QB format, so you only pick one. Uh, we're going with Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia going into Detroit. Detroit, we expect to be better this year than they were last. You know, there's been some. Uh, There's a bit of drumbeat, particularly with Hard Knocks for them being perhaps a 500 team this year and and bringing a few surprises, but they're very young. That front seven is probably still below average, even with Aiden Hutchinson coming in. And Jalen Hurts, we know, has incredible rushing upside. I think they're going to start the season really strong. They've got a great schedule to open up with. Uh, so he's our QB, Jalen Hurts. And so Hurts is on the market at six eight six thousand eight hundred. 6,800. So where does that rank
1: approximately in terms of the pecking order? Does that make him presumably one of the most expensive on the market? Or he's sixth.
0: Six, okay. So who's yeah. who's ahead of him? Mahomes, Herbert, Jackson, Murray and Aaron Rodgers and, and this is uh, odd basically as in there's no real rationale why they are the top five when you consider either the matchups or their proficiency at, 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 and I mean quite, at quite a granular level in terms of fancy. so Mahomes mm-hmm. is obviously tremendous Aaron Rodgers is double uh, two-time MVP and back-to-back MVP but Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any weapons and they're going into Minnesota. Into Minnesota, exactly. And on the road, that
1: seems very odd to me. Although having said that, you've gone for a Green Bay offensive star as your number two pick, right? So who's your first running back? It looks like
0: we're we're pros, Nat. Look at us doing this. Um, Insick, my friend. There you go. AJ Dillon. So I've talked about him on previous pods. Uh, I'm a big believer that he's going to have a standout season. He, to me, I I have a really good feeling that he's going to have more than 50% snap share in runs. Aaron Jones might be targeted more in the passing game, but I think both of them will be proficient this year in in receiving. They don't have, it looks like they might not have Alan Lazard week one. It looks Mm. like they might not have Christian Watson either. So this skill position group, Tonyan, I think, is also out. The skill position creep comes down to, you know, Romeo Dubs, Sammy Watkins, and the two running backs. And I think we know Rogers, like a lot of these veteran quarterbacks, believes in the vet, you know, and players that he's more familiar with. Uh, and that's why I think that would favour someone like AJ Dillon, who's primes to take a real leap. And he's cheap. $5,300 uh, is, is all we're paying for, AJ. Oh, Do you
1: see the, Ben was talking about this on the previous show, the uh, Rogers wearing the Alan Lazard t-shirt. If Adam Lazard's out, is he going to scratch out his name and put <laughs> and put in Dobbs's
0: name? in marker pen. I, I yeah, I mean the guy can't afford his own T-shirt, unfortunately, so he has to sort of recycle. It's it's a good thing. The other running back you've gone for is Joe
1: Mixon, who is considerably more than uh, than Dylan. What are we looking at? Eighteen hundred dollars
0: more. So Mixon must yeah. be what the most expensive running back on the board. I think he's seventh. Oh, uh, he's okay. Below below some of the usual suspects there: J.T., Derrick yeah. Henry, McCaffrey, etc. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, so yeah I, why it, Mixon? Because since he have um since are up against, I think, a defense that is going to be ooh, top five steelers certainly in certainly in the conference. I mean, that is a stacked defense. I'm big on Pittsburgh as another inside rail team almost entirely because of their defense. So that seems to be a difficult matchup for Mixon
0: they were very good against the pass in the second half of losses and they weren't great against the run. So mm. actually Pittsburgh allowed the most yards per carry of any team in the NFL last season with five, which sounds bizarre because anyone who's followed the NFL always thinks of Pittsburgh having a great run day, but that hasn't been how they've played as of late. And that's not where they've invested uh, in, in terms of personnel. They're, extreme, mm. they're much better, I think against the pass. Mixon is blows hot and cold. There's some volatility to his game. They took him off the field regularly last season on third downs, which you hate to see. This is PPR, uh, The DFS uh, format so we want we particularly want uh, backs that can catch however last six games regular season and playoffs Mixon had 35 targets so roughly six six and a half per game which is elite Mm. so Mm. the bank here the what we're what we're hoping for is it's a continuation of that from Zach Taylor in that offensive scheme where they feed him more and this is you know week one is almost like a playoff game as in it really defines how the the energy and momentum for your season so I, I have a Again, a bit of a gut feeling here that Mixon might get more of a workload here than he's going to get in subsequent games. And I think the value is there because they could have a really big week. The other side here to to know is Burrow had his appendix out preseason. What if the answer to the question that everyone's asking of Chase versus Higgins is actually a bit more run game, particularly early on in the season?
1: Okay, makes sense. Three receivers in your lineup. Uh, It could have been four because the flex player... Uh, could be a receiver, but you've gone for a running back more of that in a minute. So the three receivers you've gone for AJ Brown, Christian Kirk. I love to see him in the mix. I mean, I am big on him just because of all the hate, all the hate that the Jags got that he got when that deal was done. Nothing would make me happier pretty much this season than Kirk going off for 1300 yards, 14 touchdowns. I mean, go go for it, Kirk. I got your back. I might, I might even buy a Kirk Jags Jersey and wear it. at Wembley, uh, Kirk, and Hunter Renfro, a player I have a huge amount of time for. Love that sneaky pick in Renfro uh, coming in at 5'8". You can get Kirk for 5'1". Ugh, oh, the irony <laughs> of Kirk, Kirk going <laughs> at 5'1". And then AJ at 6'4". So talk us through the rationale for these three.
0: Yeah, AJ Brown was stacking with Jalen Hurts. So again, we're banking on Hurts having a big week. That means his number one target is likely to have a big week. They are best friends by all accounts. They obviously traded for AJ Brown, I think the front office and the offensive uh, play callers will want to feed him the ball to really sort of prove that he's the guy in that scheme. Mm. And and he is the guy in that scheme. And he's someone who we've seen previously can go off for months to weeks where he just powers through players, uh, defenders after the catch. The Lions last season... Only only won three games, but they weren't blown out very often. And I think they're effective offensively enough to keep Philadelphia throwing. And that's really the key in some of these matchups. We want tight games because when they're not tight, the running backs get on the field and and second tier players come in. We want tight games where it forces the Stars to stay out there and be productive. Okay, like that. Jacks are heading to
1: Washington. So that's going to be Kirk's competitive debut for his new team, and I guess in line with what you said about AJ in Philly, he's the go-to guy. Is he for Trevor Lawrence? He's the he's the standout receiver out of that pack.
0: Yeah, we saw him preseason absolutely the number one. They've paid him seventy-two mil to be that, and I think he's coming in with a point to prove as well. I'm sure, having heard you know much of the reaction over the off season, they also don't have that many other weapons. They went out and spent a lot, but you know Marvin Jones. Um, Zay Jones, the Joneses, being his prime competition. I think they'll have to throw against Washington. They're going into Washington. uh, And again, Washington might be a little underrated in terms of their offensive uh, power going Mm. into the season. The other thing to bear in mind with your receivers is is who are they going up against? And Washington has an elite cornerback based on 2021, Kendall Fuller. He's probably not going to go against Kirk because they're going to move Kirk around preseason. Mm. We saw Kirk play out wide, play in the slot to try and provide opportunities for him and probably quite short throws that allows him to run after the catch in many cases. So I think what we don't want is a shutdown corner against one of our receivers. And I think we'll manage to avoid that with Kirk being moved around the formation.
1: Okay. And Renfro, uh, one of the many, I'm sure we're going to see, tantalizing AFC West matchups this season as the Raiders head to the Chargers. So I'm guessing the rationale here amongst
0: other things is we're going to see a lot of points in that game. You expecting a bit of a shootout? yeah, I just want a piece of this matchup. You know, Mike Williams, a Keenan Allen, a Renfro and Adams. The thing about Renfro is he's just that much more, uh, he's he's that much cheaper, basically. So right. it allows us to get a piece of it. Devontae Adams is likely to be up against JC Jackson, one of the big offseason signings for the Chargers, who was one of the best cover corners last year. So again, you know, we're, we're working around that and looking at their cornerback depth. Renfro and Carr have are in sync. Uh, and we've seen that previously, whereas Adams is coming into that offense. Waller, football counts might not be 100% so i think renfro is a uh, has a really good opportunity to have a big game uh, and and actually a, a really strong start to the season as they bed in the other receivers okay two more
1: the flex as i said so flex you could put anyone other than a quarterback in right in in the flex spot you can yeah okay and then a tight end of course so talk us through oh, here
0: we go like both these picks talk us through who you got first of all in the tight end spot so, tight end, we've gone with Carl Pitts. And yeah. the argument the argument against Pitts this week is you know, are they only going, going to throw the ball 20 times with Mariota under the center? They're going against New Orleans, who's one of the best defenses in the league and a strong at cornerback. But Marshawn Lattimore probably won't be on Pitts. He very rarely goes in the slot. And that's really what Pitts is at this point a big slot. Pitts to me, again, he's going to be volatile. He'll have weeks where he does very little, I think, but he could just overpower this defense on a few plays and we saw it in the preseason that 152 yard catch where it was men against boys stuff i, I think we're going to see a games from Pitts this season we're banking on this being one where he just takes over
1: and the flex pick you've gone what well, you've gone for a pick after my own heart quite frankly guru because i am so excited about seeing this player in miami i'm so excited about this game i actually wrote a piece this week on how likely it is that after the complete whole scale negativity for the patriots this offseason and all this hype for mcdaniel and the miami offense that the fins are smacked in the mouth and it's a a, a 12-6 Slugfest, Uh, but I hope it's not. And I hope it's not not least for your sake, because you've gone for Chase Edmonds. Actually, I Actually, thinking with the defense as well. That actually would work very well for you because you've gone Miami for the defense. But for your flex player, you've gone for Chase Edmonds, who I think is an inspired signing, one of a number of inspired signings from the Miami front office this offseason. Cannot wait to see him kickstart a previously vanilla
0: Miami ground game. Why do you like Chase in this particular matchup against the Pats? Yeah, he's definitely one of my guys going into the season. Draft him, trade for him, get him in your lineup. Uh, he's really cheap in this format. So he's 5,200. He's he's only just more than Christian Kirk. He's cheaper than AJ Dillon and he's the starting running back yeah. in Miami. He has a potential three down role. We spoke on the last part about his contract and what that means for mm. the opportunities he'll, he'll likely get. New England, a bit like Pittsburgh, we spoke about before, has been something of a run funnel. They want you to run. Uh, rather than throw. So to me, Chase, considering what you're paying, has the opportunity to have a really big week where he could catch five or six passes, he could run for over 100, he could score on the ground. There aren't many players at that value who have that kind of upside. Okay. Miami's defense, uh,
1: interesting one to choose because if we're talking about going kind of full circle to the top of the show, the unknown quantities within week one, perhaps... Perhaps the Patriots offense with the Patricia Judge double act is, is maybe the the the, the greatest uh, unknown quantity, the most baffling, and could end up being the most inspired. I'd like to think that Belichick still has it going on and knows exactly what he's doing, but you're maybe not quite so convinced.
0: Not not yet. I heard Marek Larwood call Patricia the worst coach ever. <laughs> um so I'm I'm working with that in my in my theory here. They've started slowly. The Pats, historically, yep. uh, for many years, this, is, this has been the case, and they mm-hmm. often get blown out at my, you know against Miami for whatever reasons. So it's something of mm-hmm. a bogus team in their division. Their offense has looked like a complete mess in training camp, in preseason. Uh, they will, I'm sure, come good. There's sufficient talent there, and as you said, you know Belichick's the best of all time. However, I think that they might start slowly, and most importantly, when we think about a DST, is to, well, our takeaways and then what they do on special teams. So they've got Howard back there who has 27 career interceptions. They've got other ball hawks back there, guys like Byron Jones. So mm. if, the, if the Pats are forced to throw it up, then there are players who can return those for scores. And, and that's really what we're, we're after. We want turnovers. Bang for your buck. All right, love that. That is the
1: show team, Sandrini. his week one starters. So uh, feel free to... Emulate him uh, or uh, if you want to win out in our show league, of course, you've got to make some uh, adjustments there. But take what you want from that. Some brilliant, brilliant stuff in there and to support it, not specifically for daily fantasy, but in general fantasy chops, we are doubling down. Uh, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, each and every week throughout the season, FFS, which will be dropping each and every week throughout the season, is going to add some extra voices. Propos is going to be coming on from time to time, just mainly to deflect uh, the abuse and hilarity that you're going to be uh, pointing at, at my various team. Um, we're going to check in regularly with Neil Dutton. dutt's is a long time. NFL fantasy whiz who uh, is a long-time collaborator as well. I've worked with him a lot over the years. He is not just a brilliant fantasy mind, but a very funny man as well. So I'm delighted that he's part of the crew this season. Without further ado, let's check in with Dutz and his sleeper picks
2: for week one. In the real world, we don't want quarterbacks who take too many silly risks that result in boneheaded plays and interceptions returned for six points. In fantasy, unless your league adopts draconian measures to punish interceptions, we don't really care, as long as the quarterback in question throws a lot of yards and touchdowns for the right team. It's for this reason why, if pushed, you might want to plug Jameis Winston into your week one lineup. Winston was efficient in his limited action last season, tossing 14 touchdowns and just three interceptions in seven games before he suffered a season-ending injury. He has a few more horses on his Saints offence this year, with Michael Thomas likely returning and rookie Chris Alave on the outside, plus he's going against a woeful Falcons defence against whom he has enjoyed playing over the years. Winston averages 278 yards, almost three touchdowns and 26 fantasy points per game whenever he goes up against the falcons a tight end to consider this week is david njoku Njoku joku has flashed at times during his time in the nfl but 2022 seems to be his best chance of putting it all together and emerging as a star of the tight end position He has very little target competition on the Browns this season, aside from Amari Cooper, and in Jacoby Brissett, he has a quarterback who has made a living out of targeting his tight ends whenever he's got the opportunity to start. The Panthers were middle of the road at stopping tight ends a year ago, and if this game develops into something approaching a shootout, Njoku could see enough opportunities to make him a leading player at the position this week. If it's a defence you're in need of in Week 1, then you could do a lot worse than looking to the Tennessee Titans as they face off against the New York Giants. There is considerable optimism surrounding Big Blue and their new coaching staff in 2022, but this is still largely the same offence that did very little to hurt defenses in 2021. The Giants led the league in drives that ended in a turnover and were 30th in drives ending with points a year ago. Quarterback Daniel Jones has 36 fumbles, 29 interceptions and has absorbed 105 sacks in his 37 career start. The Titans, though they will be missing edge rusher Harold Landry this season, managed 43 sacks and 79 quarterback hurries a year ago. No one is expecting them to emerge as the second coming of the 85 Bears this season, but as week one options go, you could certainly do worse. Brilliant stuff from
1: Dutch. Uh, each and every week throughout the season. He'll be involved with our talk sport live show as well on Sunday. So another plug for that five o'clock. If you haven't seen the announcement there, talk sport going big in the same way, the Miami front office, James Sandrini is back to her and back McDaniel talk sport has gone big on the NFL. There's going to be loads and loads of live games this season, all three London games live, the super bowl from Arizona live and each and every Sunday I'm going to be in the hot seat from five o'clock with all kinds of guests and friends. So and Trina, we're going to be roping you into that one as well. You can count on that. Uh, so make sure you get involved with that talk sport shout out to all the crew there. Of course, prop. O, the brains of that operation as well. Saluting will Gavin brilliant. Phoebe Schechter, Ollie Wilson, Ben Isaacs, of course, you know, from our stuff. So it is a fine lineup and make sure you get involved with that. Right. Uh, that is pretty much all she wrote for FFS. I hope. I uh, hope you're feeling confident. I hope you're going to get involved. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, breaking my daily fantasy chops. One more from you before we let you go and light your incense and put some candles and meditate <laughs> until uh, until the Bills Rams kicks off. Give give me a do not, a play you, we just should not start under any circumstances in week one.
0: The other, than, other than DeAndre Hopkins. Other than DeAndre. Yeah, the danger here is I'm going to look really foolish, but I'm going to go with Najee Harris, who was incredibly consistent last year. They've moved on from Ben. Trubisky will start game one. We are led to believe he's, he's a team captain, so it seems almost certain at this stage. Trubisky runs. That's, not, that's good for running back efficiency. It's not great for running back touches. What it also does is it limits the amount of dump-offs that Harris benefited from last season, where Ben would stand in the pocket and before anyone was going to hit him, he would throw it out to, to Harris on the flat. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see that quite as much. And I think also since his run D, proved to be quite effective again, second half of last season. So for me, I think Harris is a fade over the course of the whole season. And I think he might struggle with one. Love that. Particularly if he runs for 100, and- <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I don't want that to happen because I want I want you
1: to succeed as much as I want Christian Kirk to succeed in Jacksonville. Go Kirk! I'm ordering that jersey. Speaking of jerseys, like I say, next week in our Listener League, a show a show a uh, a jersey of your choice. So get involved with the league, sign up, and you can play in those competitions. Irrespective of anything else, one more for the row. DraftKings have dropped a promo code you can use: NC Show. That's the code promo code. Use the promo code NC Show, and that gets you a ticket for the Millionaire Contest. Who wants to be a millionaire? Is the question, James Sandrini. Well, you can be. NC Show promo code ticket gets you into the Millionaire Contest. You never know; could be game changing, life changing. I tell you one thing: we're not fading you, Sandrini. Brilliant stuff once again. Make sure you go and follow James over on Twitter. He's recently set up on Twitter, uh, and already a number of you giving him some love. We're putting his handle in the show notes. You can find him there. Uh we'll plug it here as well. Sandrini, real politic NFL?
0: That's me. Yeah. What I'll do after we uh release the pod is I'll put the, the DFS team out for everyone. Oh, I'll put nice. some of the thoughts in there as well mm-hmm. while we've picked those players so people can see the rationale and that we'll uh, then retweet people that. can argue. Yeah, definitely. Oh please argue. Please argue. Please bait him. Uh definitely want to see a lot
1: of that throughout the course of the year. And also get your questions in. Just drop them in. Uh, throughout the course of the week at the NC show. Twitter is probably the best bet for the questions, but we are on Facebook, Insta as well. Uh, still no TikTok, uh, And we'll, we'll batch them up, group them up and then get a mailbag thing rolling on FFS to have that. Shout out to DraftKings, our partners on this shout out to Propo. We're back with edge rush. You mentioned Marek Larwood in the vault. That's one of my favorite episodes of the, uh, the last couple of months, always a laugh with him and Ben getting you set. Ben Isaacson, and I getting you set with our week one preview. And finally, last but not least I Iron Mike in his regular Monday slot the great man the big man uh, Mike and I every Monday will look back at the night before that'll be dropping round about Monday lunchtime every Monday throughout the season so what's not to love thanks for keeping it here on the NC show appreciate all of your support as ever all of our new listeners great to have you along for the ride cannot wait to get started look after yourself Sandrini thanks man football is back <laughs> Podcast Network.